Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines, those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. This week, it's time to review our heroine in a Q&A session better titled, We Want Conflict, God Damn It. I don't know. We we're starting. starting this one. Okay. Well, welcome to the Q and A for the Elf Tangent. Q and A gossip session. Are we going to talk about the book? Probably not that much. No, not at all. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna try and behave and stick to our questions, but um, we might just have a couple tangents. Ha ha ha! <laughs> that was very funny, very amusing, very clever. Uh, it felt. It felt a little forced that time, so I'm I'm sorry, readers. <laughs> Probably because we're kind of over talking about this book already. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. This this might yeah. be a little bit shorter than our other Q and A sessions, but we'll try. We'll make it interesting. I can see that. I'm yeah. I'm pretty excited to announce our next couple books. I am too. Yeah. Do you want to announce it right now? No, let's make them wait till the end. Like you got <gasps> to listen to our questions. You got to earn it. <laughs> <laughs> they just like fast forward through the whole thing. They're like, oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Not going to go back and listen questions. to this. What's the next? Yeah. What's the next <laughs> book? Well, okay. Oh. So we'll get through the questions as fast as we possibly can. Maybe. <laughs> well, we'll see. 45 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be what happens to us. <laughs> yeah. We always we say, yep. It's like, oh, this is going to be like a way shorter episode. And then it's like an hour and five minutes later. <laughs> That's That was episode 12. Yep. It'll be like yep. 30 minutes. No, no, it was not. No, it was not. It was a full-length episode. <laughs> okay. First question. Staying on track. I will. Yes. I promise to stay on track this time. Maybe. LOL. Okay. But if we sure. talk about the gliders, <laughs> no promises. Oh, um, the gliders. <laughs> all right. What do you think the author's purpose was in writing this book? Like, what was the idea she was trying to get across? Uh, so do we mean this in like a capitalistic way or in like a literary value way? Ah, uh, both. Okay. <laughs> so from the like capitalistic, like making an, like a book enterprise kind of way, I feel like she just needed a standalone book because I think most of her other books are series. And so, um, she probably wanted something that like is a little bit less of an investment for people. Um, from like a literary perspective, uh, <laughs> I feel like she wanted something like fun. That's a little bit less, um, I can't think of a good word, but like, you know, like dramatic, like, I feel like a lot of standalone books recently in this like genre of like romance and, uh, fantasy are sometimes trying too hard or like too full of themselves. And so this one was very like, Yep, we're just going to come out here and have a good time, and then it'll be done. <laughs> I could see that I, on both ends, especially. I mean, on the the first part, though, with her just trying to get a standalone out and, you know, make some money and draw some readers in, I, I have mixed feelings about that because some, like, I have a writer friend. I've mentioned her a few times, and she has so many ideas living in her head. She just hasn't gotten around to doing them all. So I wonder maybe this was just one that she's always wanted to do. Um, 
I could see that. Have like yeah. the time or the focus to sit down and do it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because it is a pretty hefty book, isn't it? Like four hundred something pages. Like, yeah, I'm pretty. It was certain. Yeah, it was we a chunker. <laughs> A big portion of it. Did you just call yeah, this book a, a chonker? <laughs> yeah, it was chonkers. <laughs> I do have a um, confession to make about oh, no. this book, about oh, this no. author. Oh, no. Um, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a bad one. I did inadvertently lie to you and to our readers. Um, I have read this author before. <gasps> what? I just didn't remember it. Um, yes. So... <laughs> So I, I did this author a huge disservice because I went to the Emperor's Edge series, the one that you recommended, and I went to buy it on the Kindle store and I already owned it. <laughs> and I had I had oh. started reading it in February of last year. Um, probably, probably when we, yep, yeah, when we first talked about it. Yep. I did not finish it. I think I got maybe 20 or 30% of the way in, but Uh, it wasn't because it was, it it was bad. Like, I think it just was a little bit slower paced. Thank mm -hmm. God compared to this one. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Um, And I just, I wasn't drawn in right away, but I do remember like liking the main character, liking the idea and the, like the writing style was, was very good. So Mm -hmm. I see why you, yeah. So I'm sorry. What an interesting <laughs> reveal. I had no idea. No. Oh. Because, yeah, the I Emperor's Edge tell series. You about this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was so exciting. Because, <laughs> like, the Emperor's Edge series is definitely, and I think that's probably the difference between, like, this one and that series and, like, probably my expectations, too, is that one was, like, so drawn out in, like, not drawn out in a bad way, I would say, but it was, the pacing was, like, representative of a seven or eight book series and like she wasn't going to rush anything and you really have to work for the romance at the end and so it almost makes it like a little bit sweeter it's like those tv shows that go on for like 21 seasons and they you know the main characters don't get together until like season 19 (laughs) okay so bones i think this is why you and i oh my god bones like that yep. long drawn out romance between oh my god and bones yep it's just yep. perfect i'm and rewatching ep- i'm rewatching so it for like the eighth time <laughs> there's i remember vividly the episode where bones thinks booth is dead and oh, she like God. loses her mind mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. it's like the realization episode yep yep that um, there's like a scene like that in The Emperor's Edge. Like there's a couple of them because obviously um, not that we're going to turn this elf tangent episode into like an Emperor's <laughs> Edge episode, but like maybe for a little bit. Um, there's like a couple scenes in that because he's like an assassin and she's just like a police officer that has been like wrongly accused of, you know, whatever crimes and so they're on the same side towards the end of the first book i think um but anyway so like obviously a dangerous profession and there's a couple of those scenes that are just like fucking heart-wrenching and you're like oh oh my god but they won't admit that they love each other but it's fine because it's so sweet (laughs) it's it's the like the back and forth and the will they or won't they kind of Uh uh-huh trope i think i love that i'm like neither like neither one of them knows and they're always Mm -hmm. second guessing Mm -hmm. the other one until like there's a do or die moment yep oh oh my god i'm like yeah i got got, got, my cheeks hurt (laughs) (laughs) i got warm fuzzies just thinking about that like that episode in particular yeah 
And I think that's probably why the Elf Tangents romance kind of fell flat for me because there wasn't any doubt really ever through the whole thing. Like it was always like very obvious from the beginning, like, okay, this is the love interest and like there's no conflict in the room their like relationship which is kind of wild because like there should be like a significant conflict speaking like he's her kidnapper but uh (laughs) that was the huge problematic element in this book was that the way it started but Mm -hmm. that was also something i noticed just in the in the books that i do enjoy because we've kind of had a string of books that we're not huge fans of recently like yeah. and we, we haven't talked about all of the books we're currently reading on this podcast we just there's too many books and not enough time to, to mm-hmm. record every episode <laughs> about them but the the romance angles that i tend to enjoy in these fantasy books are the ones where the relationship there is like a duration of like or like a period where they don't know like there's mm-hmm. that questioning aspect that will they won't they there's conflict um, on both ends. And if it comes together too easily and the romance is just, oh, yep, it's definitely happening. And then the plot is what keeps you reading. I, mm-hmm. I tend to not like those as much. Yep. I don't either. Because I feel like the plot, the timing of the plot and the timing of the romance need to be in sync. Because if you end one too early, you lose your readers like at the 70% mark. And I've had that a lot with books where I'll get like almost to the finish line and I'll stop because it's like, oh, they got together. There's like no more conflict. Like I think the authors who are really pros at that kind of line up those times like almost identically so it's like within you know 20 or 30 pages you get the final and the romance end so it's like okay i don't need to like keep going afterwards (laughs) you know akatar does that really well they do yeah like i think book two is all romantic conflict like will they Mm -hmm. won't they yeah that's the entire book um (laughs) yeah it's i And that's an interesting, I think we've probably talked about this, but like the difference between fantasy romance and then like romance with hints of fantasy is like, is the romance the plot or is there a separate plot that stands alone without the romance? And I kind of feel like there's bits of Akatara that are like in question about whether it's like (laughs) there's an outside plot or not, but (laughs) at least the romance is like engaging enough, you know? Mm-hmm. I think if you have the right division, right, like 50-50 on both, it, mm-hmm. that's where you want to stay. Um, yeah. And also, if the timing is right, like if you stack the, the romance line along with the plot, then it doesn't matter if it's a ro- romantic fantasy or a um, a romance with a fantasy background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we want to do another question? I think I can yes. ask one. I think we should. Yeah. Uh, did the character seem believable to you? Do you really want to ask me that <laughs> question? I do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, to to an extent, right? Like they're all all of these characters seem like exaggerated versions of a cliche. Um, mm. Like, uh, what's her face? I don't even remember her name. The main Belly or Aldari? Aldari. Um, mm. Aldari seems like she's just a little bit too much of everything. She's either mm. too sweet or too smart or too innocent or too forward. Uh, like there is no balance. Like 
the idea of her character, like this scholarly princess, is cool on the on the surface. Um, but it she just wasn't believable, especially with that whole that whole issue we had with her like wanting to protect her kingdom and save it, but like her actions never lined up with that intent. Mm, mm-hmm. That's pretty so, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Cause I even wrote like in my notes that um, I wish we had gotten like more internal monologue scenes from Aldari instead of maybe some of the like fight scenes, um, almost like repurposing those sections into something internal monologue. Just, I feel like it would have been more impactful or more believable if she was a bit more begrudging about her mm-hmm. attraction to Hawk if it was almost like despite all of her you know thoughts and like her feelings on everything she's like oh no he's nice and hot and I kind of like him but instead it was just immediately like full send like oh he's probably a great person and I love him it's like no he's just he's your kidnapper let's maybe you know have a little bit of judgment first <laughs> that voice is exactly what I expected her to have <laughs> yep <laughs> like yep. Like little goody two shoes kind of, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, none of the characters seemed particularly believable because they were just too much. Like, Thelly was probably the most believable. Yeah, because she was kind of pissed off about being kidnapped. I think Mm -hmm. she was the only one. And I feel like pissed off would probably be the primary emotion you're feeling at that point. (laughs) Right? Like, and she made, like, several dedicated efforts to fix their situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would have been more realistic if we had more anger and then more kind of like begrudging romance instead of just immediately like, oh, I'm just going to get over all these moral hur- hurdles and just fall in love. <laughs> yeah, be totally fine with it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, there was I, so I was reading a, a couple different reviews, not this book, another book, and it was people who were complaining about how there was too much time spent in the character's head. Like, they don't Mm. like that internal kind of meandering monologues. Um, They would rather have more action scenes. So I wonder if that's more just a personal preference thing, like like we like. Um, And, I mean, every reader is different. Every every, words are hard. Um, (laughs) They are. (laughs) Every reader wants something. Um, Every reader finds something, like, that speaks to them differently. Mm. Um, I can see that. So, well... Yeah, so you and I prefer the, like, internal doubt and worry and monologue and, like, a glimpse into the character's head. I think there are some people who just prefer to skip all that. Yeah. I think there's um, a balance that you can strike there between internal monologue and action. But I think what we really uh, had trouble with on this book is that there was probably a lot of internal... um, I don't even know the right word negotiating maybe between like Aldari's conscious and Aldari's like heart, you know, so to say. Um, But none of that was relayed in the book, like for the reader. And so I Mm -hmm. think even if that was relayed via actions, like, you know, because I know she tried to escape, but it always felt kind of caveated, like she wasn't really trying to escape and so you could even have actions that are her trying to escape or her fighting you know hawk or just being a total dick to him just to be the you know uh non-compliant prisoner kind of thing um Mm -hmm. that would have worked too if you didn't want to do internal monologue but some kind of moral reasoning like why is she just all of a sudden okay with this and for a character that's 
supposedly really smart, like smarter than anyone else in the world, <laughs> including yeah. the Elf Kingdom. <laughs> they like um, found her to go solve this puzzle. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I expected someone that intelligent to be a little bit snarkier. Yeah, or even if you wanted to go full send, almost in the other direction. Um, like so, thinking back to Bones, uh, Bones. I don't know if it's like legit or not, but there's like been a lot of discussion over the years that she has Asperger's like her character. And even the, the actress has been like, yeah, I tried to play her in a way that kind of portrays that, um, uh, super logical, not wanting to be really emotional or not maybe understanding emotions. And so that would have been a kind of a cool characterization of Aldari. If she is super logical and analytical and just doesn't have emotions the same way that someone that's, you know, like neurotypical would be, that would be a fun characterization and how like Hawk has to try like extra hard to, you know, like say like, hey, I like you and, you know, I want to protect you and we should have a relationship. And she's like, well, uh, I don't care about any of that. Like emotions don't make sense. Like that would be a fun characterization too. But it was just too like in the middle almost like. Yeah, it was like almost like she was designed to appeal to everyone. Yeah. No, you got to be aggressive about one kind of character trait. <laughs> yeah. There's, it's like the Bella syndrome, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. The blank page. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, you know, it has its place. Um, mm-hmm. Like it can be successful. Evidence A. <laughs> yeah. Twilight. Franchise, but <laughs> um, Literally. Yeah. Oh, actually, that is a great segue to... Um, we're we're not going to be talking we're not going to review twilight in the next couple books but we will be doing twilight um, <laughs> it's on the list <laughs> it is on the list and we have a a special um gift to you dear readers um <laughs> if you could call it that <laughs> it you might disagree upon <laughs> after listening to 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 it but um we have invited our dear friend to read twilight he has never read it uh, ever <laughs> he has seen the movies um and then he we're gonna bring him on to the to the pod and kind of yep. hear what he has to say we'll we'll follow the same format and he'll get to add his two cents in to what he thinks about yep. <laughs> bella and edward it is going to be a humbling experience <laughs> uh because yes. especially because rob has not read a lot of romance he's one of those like hardcore sci-fi fantasy like the high fantasy stuff and it's like i feel like me and jordan kind of like like that romance fantasy <laughs> he likes okay so he, i will say this for rob he has excellent taste in in literature mm -hmm. um he literature he liked <laughs> literature with a capital yeah. l yeah um, <laughs> and sometimes he just won't pick a book up unless it's good enough you know so so we're going to force him to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So he has to read cult fiction. Yeah. But, you know, he did offer. Like, he volunteered for this one. That's true. Yeah. This is not us inflicting some kind of punishment upon him. <laughs> yes. So I, I can't wait for everyone to to meet Rob and, and his opinions, especially, yep. especially on <laughs> such a, um, I don't know, there's not a pro there's not enough words on the planet to describe what twilight is <laughs> nope uh-uh i'm so excited because i haven't read it since 
I don't even know. I was in like middle school, high school, maybe. I've seen the movies, obviously, 1,800,000 times, but uh, not the books. So it's going to be intriguing, scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's It's been since high school, um, since I've read those. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think we should also put it out there that Katie and I are not Twilight haters at all. I um, love the Twilight movie. That is my comfort movie. I put that shit on all the fucking time. <laughs> I'm a less of a fan of the movies, but I did adore the book. Um, I didn't like, like, I read the series. I didn't read the series more than once, but like Twilight book one, that, that was like a, I read it several times in high school. Um, yeah. I so, can see that. So if you hate Twilight, uh, just skip those episodes because we don't yeah. have room for you. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> we uh we're this is a pro twilight podcast <laughs> which we are gonna get some flack on that one but all oh, of that sure. flack will come from will come from rob almost certainly yeah <laughs> he'll be the live adversarial audience <laughs> oh goodness that's gonna be an adventure yeah you know we did promise to talk about the elf tangent this episode <laughs> we've managed to we get have a few spent- questions in Yep. Yeah. We've talked more about like Akatar, Bones, and Twilight than I think we have the actual <laughs> and the Emperor's Edge. <laughs> but it's fun. It's, you know, hopefully it's fun for, for you all as well. Yeah. I mean, um, more questions? Yes. To bring it back to the elf tangent, um, but I'm also expecting 45 seconds in, it'll divert into some other book. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. Um, so if you could hear the same story from another person's point of view, who would you choose? Oh, Thelly. Like, hands down, Thelly. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was going to go with, like, Hawk or something so you can kind of get his... He needs to self-flagellate a little bit about kidnapping some princess. <laughs> do you think the himbo even has, like, an internal dialogue? Like, do you think he... No. Yeah. There would <laughs> no. be no perspective my head, No. <laughs> We were talking uh, before we started started today's episode. <laughs> we were talking about, um, well, the Pantene hair. <laughs> um, yep. No thoughts, yeah, just the hair. Pantene moment, yeah. Um, and I don't know. Have you actually seen the movie The Lost City? I haven't. Uh uh-uh. uh Because okay. Sandra Bullock's in it, right? Yeah. It's very kitschy, but it's funny. And there's a scene. So Channing Tatum plays uh, the stereotypical romance hero, like cover model. Because, uh, okay, so the movie is about a romance novelist. She writes like adventure romance novels. And her her cover model is Channing Tatum. And he's got the typical Fabio blonde oh. hair, white billowing shirt, standing there holding a horse. And all I could picture when when you were talking about the Pantene hair moment was just Channing Tatum in this blonde wig, just <laughs> going for it, <laughs> going for it. So, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's Aldari and Hawk right there. Yep. That's exactly how I um, pictured the moment at the end of this book where they're trying to find like, oh, no, we need a prince to do this. And he just kind of like stares off into the distance like. I'm that prince. And you're kind of like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> this is the Ugh. one time Aldari's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yup. <laughs> the like wind comes in, but it's only blowing on him. <laughs> it's like, how is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Thelly's point of view would be way more satisfying than probably any other ones. Or it would almost be funny as like a satire if it was from uh, Setvik. Setvik? Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking that. Setvik oh would have such snarky comments for everything. Yeah, it'd be like a like a satire of rom- romance movies. Like you're watching the two characters. It's like he literally kidnapped her. Like, why is she falling in love? Like his like, you know, observations <laughs> of this very stereotypical romance. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, I don't like this bitch, but come on, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be entertaining. I would read that yeah. as like a fun kind of parody sort of thing. Yeah, give me like one solid chapter from Sedvik's perspective. I normally don't like like <laughs> perspective hopping in books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be worth it for mm-hmm. this one. Yep. As a little like comedy break halfway through. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my list of questions here. <laughs> so <laughs> um, if you got the chance to ask the author of this book, this book, not The Emperor's Edge. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair. One question. What would you ask uh, Lindsay Barker? Hmm. I would want to know like how much research she did into like puzzles in botany. Because um, there's that whole like, what was it? Like 75%, 70% into the book where it kind of divulges into botany, like golden ratio. That, uh, yeah. Like, did she just have that in her head? And she's like, okay, I'll write a book to like reflect all this knowledge that I just have. Or did she have to do some like major research into (laughs) like mathematical formulas? Maybe that's why this book seems all over the place. Because if she just pulled this out of her ass, like she just has this fountain of knowledge about (laughs) random topics, like maybe that explains why it bounces around so much. Yeah. And with the gliders too. Because like, yeah. I want to say she's kind of like one of those uh, renaissance, uh, what's the phrase, like a renaissance man? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She's like the female version of that. I've seen from her like Instagram or maybe her Twitter or her like uh, email distro thing. She goes on adventures with her dogs, like hiking and shit. So like I would not even be phased if she's gone and made her own hang glider and has like a botany (laughs) doctorate. Like that checks out. (laughs) I mean, that's cool, though. Like, Mm -hmm. Because I think she, like, relocates every couple of years. Like, she's lived all over the West Coast, just, like, hiking and adventuring. It's kind of like, that's rad as fuck. You're, like, an indie author, and you just kind of write books when you're not having adventures. (laughs) She needs to write a book about herself. (laughs) I I would read that book. That sounds super. I would, too. She sounds like an interesting person. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I've gotten from her, uh, like, email distros and all of her little, like, newsletter things. I could be totally making this up, but I swear to God. <laughs> hmm. That's also, like, the exact opposite of you and I. Like, we are... Yep. <laughs> give us a, a cup of coffee and, you know, a rainy day, and we'll just stay inside and read all day. Yeah. <laughs> That's our adventure. The most adventure that I like is, like, a walk. <laughs> yeah. A walk around the neighborhood with the doggos. Yep. yep. Yeah. Maybe even into a national park, but on well-established trails only for, you know, 15 minutes and then come back around. (laughs) 
Well, we live in the like murder capital of the U.S. So exactly, yeah. No, <laughs> thank you. I'm not trying to get murdered out in the woods and be on some true crime podcast. <laughs> no, that that happens often enough here in the state. We can just <laughs> skip right over that. Yep. Nope. <laughs> not trying to die today. <laughs> I um, just realized I said doggo, like, and that is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> like, it's like doggo? such a. Mal- yeah. Doggo it, it is what they're called. Yeah, it just got so overused, I think. I could see that. Online. Yeah. But still, doggo. Like, I think it just like a, you know, dog hanging out, just doing dog things. And it's like, hey, look, there's a doggo. It's a different, it's different than a dog. A dog is like kind of scary, almost like unknown dog. Doggo is just one of those like doggos hanging around, just vibing chomping on some snacks <laughs> i had no idea there was such a distinct difference <laughs> i don't know that's the the difference i see but i mean yeah fair because i know my like, my younger dog looks like a dog with a capital d but he yeah. is pure doggo on the inside <laughs> terrified of everything yep that's how my, so uh, it's the whole, looks like a cinnamon roll is a cinnamon roll. We talked about this, the other episodes. Yeah. Because <laughs> my dogs are the same. Like one of them looks like a dog with a capital D, but is a doggo. And then the other one looks like a doggo, but he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Checks out. Uh, another question. Um, did we talk about how original and unique this book was? We did before we started recording. (laughs) Okay. Well, on the record. (laughs) Oh, no. I'll try to tone down the the sarcasm on this this question. (laughs) Um, So this book was very unique. Um, (laughs) I don't think I've ever read zombie elves, um, math puzzles. Sea serpent. Sea serpent, reindeer, pirates, Dewey Decimal System. Like we listed this all out before. Like I have never read all of these elements in one book before. Not even an entire series before. No. Yeah. And it but sounds like No good. good. <laughs> We're both doing the awkward, like, no, you go. No, you go. <laughs> um, I feel like it was all the aspects, yeah, obviously were unique. But I kind of feel like the storyline was almost a little bit unique. Like, I don't think I've ever read a story that uh, you have a character who's off to do something for her kingdom and then all of a sudden gets pulled into this adventure to, like, help someone. And uh, just the nuances of the story were fairly unique. Like, yeah, we like to make fun of the whole, like, sea serpent, Vorg, Gumby et cetera, et cetera thing. But I feel like at its bones, it's still like a unique story because a lot of fantasy romance today is just the same fucking story repackaged with a, you know, a heron with different color hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I will, I'll grant you that. This was definitely, and you know, maybe that's why this was a frustrating read for me because it was original. Mm. I wish wish it had been better. Yeah. Um, So just now, if if she had structured this so that um and this kind of would have played better into the kidnapping angle. So let's say that 
um, Princess Aldari has been corresponding with the Elven Prince via like messenger pigeon and these letters. Ooh. And the Elven Prince has been explaining, hey, we have this, you know, centuries old problem and our people are cursed and we, we think you can solve it. And so if there had been like an established communication where she she's like thinking about this problem, she knows it exists, and the connection with the Elven Prince is established already... And then yeah. out of nowhere, there's Elven Mercery comes and kidnaps her and doesn't reveal that he's in fact the Elven Prince that he's <gasps> like that has been communicating with her, like oh. that. <laughs> that would have made it better for me. That would have been so fun. I, I also think it's funny because I feel like we're just taking some of our favorite parts from uh, Crown Duel. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Crown Duel, and just like applying them to other situations. But that would be so much fun. Or like, um, because. At the beginning, it talks about how she writes all of these, you know, like doctorate thesis or whatever under her pen name. It would be fun if she was like assessing the Elf Kingdom situation beforehand. And so she had all this like knowledge and like interest. And then she like runs away to go solve their problems. Um, I Because I also it's just kind of glossed over why it's her that's getting married to the King of Orith and not her older sister. Because that I was thinking about it when I was like writing up my notes this morning or last night. And that kind of threw me for a loop because like, why is it her and not her sister? I I want to say she, that was touched on in the beginning and the older sister is the crown princess. I want to say, so maybe she's inheriting the kingdom. So oh. Aldari would need to like go off to Orith. Um, that makes sense. Cause yeah. it'd be fun too, if she had like this, internal fight about like doing the right thing versus having an adventure and she's like fuck it i'm gonna go have the adventure instead of like the adventure being thrust upon her you know what i mean yeah like just a little bit of i think just more background like something to justify her actions why she completely stepped away from serving her country like if she had shown any kind of interest or knowledge or investment in the elf kingdom prior to mm -hmm. all this happening it would make way more sense yeah because i was thinking too that they kind of launch immediately into the story like fairly quickly because we have the one chapter that's like the library scene where you know her and thelier out in the local library and the two mercenaries showed up um but then it immediately goes to them starting their trip so it'd be kind of cool if there was some kind of uh, chapter at the beginning that kind of delves more into setting the scene a little bit before we immediately have to make like a moral call of whether we're okay with her being kidnapped or not. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh. Mm -hmm. I love your idea, well, though. Someone needs to <laughs> do like a remix of this. <laughs> well, maybe Lindsay will revisit this book later on. and That'd like, be cool. Yeah. Do an edit. Uh, right. Second edition. Have, <laughs> sec yeah, second edition of the Elf Tangent. Um, that's actually another great lead-in for probably our last question. Um, yeah. What do you think of the book's title? Oh, my God. <laughs> how, does it, how does it relate to the book's contents? What <sighs> other title might you choose, Katie? I was triggered <laughs> when I finally... <laughs> fucking connected the dots of what the elf tangent meant i it made me mad but mad in like a i'm stupid kind of way <laughs> it, but so i guess in hindsight it's probably a very good title but i would have preferred something else i think <laughs> you know what i think it's it's kind of a weird title um, it is 
there's definitely a title like formula that's out and about like you have like the court of x and x or yep. like the the serpent and the dove like it's a pairing yep. title thing yeah um, so i appreciate the fact that it it like wasn't a pairing title because that just i get books confused because i'm like oh was this this court of this and this or was it the other court of this and this or was it the kingdom of this and this yeah. uh, so i appreciated it but any word besides tangent it just immediately you know triggers my ap calculus like ptsd <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm sorry i had to ask you though <laughs> it's fine it was a good question <laughs> All the just immediately got triggered. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a fun, uh, what is it? It's called like an equivocation, right? When it's used in two different contexts. Because mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple of that. Because it was both a tangent, because it's a tangent from her journey, journey to Orith, and also a tangent because of math. <laughs> yeah. Math. Gross. Said with so much disdain. <laughs> <laughs> that should be our episode title. Actually, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) So keeping in the trend of us establishing the episode title somewhere in the middle and then having a breaking the fourth wall moment. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone back and forth where we've picked the title before we started recording. And then we realized that, no, we just tend to come up with a better one as we roll. Yep. It just happens naturally, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, do you want to uh, have the honors of announcing our next book? Well, yes, I picked the next book. Um, (laughs) So, um, yes, so we are reading The Undying King by Grace Draven? Draven? I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Yeah, and just be forewarned, um, there are so many weird names in this next book that we're going to mutilate them just like we did with Cronduel. Um, (laughs) It's going to be an adventure. (laughs) Yep, staying on trend. (laughs) Um, But we did pick this book um, because we have both read... um, I think it's called Master Crows. Yeah, Um, which is... (laughs) Okay, so that is an excellent book, but it is rather hefty um and we wanted to do a novella so we so i've read this one before katie has not um and yeah so that's why we picked this one and more to follow on that Mm -hmm. um i will say though master of crows if you have not read it i've probably read it like two or three times frankly uh excellent book so that's like a second one. If you liked this one or you want to have your book instead of a novella, definitely recommend that one. But also the spice level is a little bit higher than our previous books. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely an adult romantic fantasy. There is no yes. YA, there's no new way. Um, and that goes for The Undying King and Master of Crows. But like to second you on this one, um, I would honestly rather you readers read Master of Crows before you yeah. read The Undying King. Yes. Um, I would put it at like the top 10 in the like romance fantasy genre, frankly. Master of Crows? Mm-hmm. I would too. It's like definitely slept on because I don't think I had ever heard about it or had it on my TBR list until like it randomly popped up for like either like free 99 or like, you know, a, a couple dollars. And I was like, oh, I'll just like read this. And I was like, God damn, this was like a really good book. 
Yeah, like the book is good and her like this author has great writing, like very descriptive. Yes. Uh-huh. The the level of like the English level is a l- like higher in general. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, cuz I feel like a lot of romance books especially recently has been uh this is going to sound bad, but like everyone hopping on the bandwagon without necessarily, you know, having the literature or like English capability behind it to read something that's kind of more I don't know the the right word but um her books though have that kind of literary power behind it but then kind of applied to a romance setting which is unique I don't I don't know many authors Yeah it's that can hard do that. to find that and her books she's got several out um and what the nice thing is most of them are standalones mm-hmm. um so you're not committing to a full series um but there's always a romance angle. Every single book has a very, very strong romance angle, which makes them, I'd say, a little bit more pleasant to read. Yeah. Um, it's like those uh, the Instagram reels and TikToks where it's like you get 200 pages in. You're like, where the fuck is the romance? Like, what am I reading? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. There's never a doubt. Like, you know what's going to happen. Um, Grace Draven. I'm just going to go with Draven. Are you good that with works. that? <laughs> so, so she reminds me of Juliet Marillier, if I'm pronouncing that author correctly. Uh, she wrote um, Daughter of the Forest. Oh, yeah. They are very, yeah, very similar. This is like mm-hmm. the upgraded smut version. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. So Daughter of the Forest is is... I wouldn't say that's literature. It's very, very yeah. well written and well done. This is definitely a little bit spicier. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the spicy version of of that, but same kind of yeah. English, same kind of writing. Yeah, it's like the um. So there's certain romances that are like the uh, what is it called uh, when you order a drink and you just want like the house uh alcohol added to it. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Well, well drinks. <laughs> yeah, well drinks. So that's most romance. And then uh, Grace Draven or Draven is like the extra, you know, $10 alcohol to your mixed drink. <laughs> yeah, that I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't have put yep. it any better. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Um, so all of the, those like good things out there about Grace uh, Draven. Drav- Draven, oh, my God. <laughs> that's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just say dr- um, just grace. <laughs> yeah, I will say, so we have both already finished The Undying King. Uh, so mm-hmm. um, a little bit of spoilers here. We didn't love it as much. Um, it it yeah. does have some problems to it. Um, but there's a lot of good to be found in it. And mostly just as a stepping stone to her other books. Absolutely. Yeah. So you could just bypass it and then come back when you're like, oh, I need more. <laughs> Yeah, don't let this be your introductory book to this author. Yeah, just read Master of Crows. That's basically the <laughs> summation <laughs> <Yeah>. of... <laughs> Please read Master of Crows, and we promise to review that one later. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think that... Did we hit everything we needed to? I think so. Yeah. Okay, did well... We? I Well, if we didn't, we're in trouble, so I'm just yep. going <laughs> to... I'm going to... Call us out, sign us off, maybe. All yes. right. <laughs> from <laughs> from from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page.
Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Music. Thanks for listening.